Netrodyne didn't invent fleet safety, but they revolutionized it. Netrodyne uses the proven power of positive reinforcement to create safer drivers and reduce driver turnover. Welcome to the Green Zone. Welcome to Taking the High Road, a Driver Reach and Freight Waves production. I'm your host, Jeremy Raymer, founder and CEO of Driver Reach. On this show, I interview industry experts and thought leaders who bring their insights to the driver lifecycle as we discuss the industry's greatest challenges, driver recruiting and retention. I appreciate all the positive feedback on the show, and remember to rate and review Taking the Higher Road on whatever platform you're using to listen. On today's show, I'm excited to be talking with someone almost everyone in trucking knows and is familiar with, longtime chief economist and senior vice president at the American Trucking Association, Bob Costello. Bob, welcome to the show. It's great to uh, have you on. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Now, you are the source on economic data as it relates to the trucking industry, um, driver shortage and, and turnover issues. And uh, I really appreciate you joining me. Uh, I'm anxious to dive in and talk about you know, your projections for the trucking industry, how the driver shortage is, is impacting that, what sort of inflationary pressure, uh, pressure exists. Certainly want to touch on the uh, uh, jobs report that, uh, that came out most recently. And then, uh, you know, you know, how the industry needs to adapt, you know, in this new environment. Uh, of course, I also want to make sure that we answer a question from one of our listeners during our deeper dive segment. But before we get to all that, um, I'm curious, you know, if you could shed maybe a little bit of light on, on how you got into the industry. You know, I think you've been at ATA for over 20 years now. Uh, what, what brought you to the ATA and, and, and the role of uh, chief economist and senior vice president? Yeah, it's even longer than that and longer than I like to admit. Um, but, uh, but you know, it's interesting. So I came, I came to ATA from an economic consulting firm that specialized in, in the analysis of macroeconomic trends, uh, wages, and inflation. It fits perfectly with trucking, uh, all of that, uh, especially now it's the subject we're going to talk about today. Uh, and we'll even talk about some inflation. So that's how I, I came uh, from that consulting firm and uh, been here ever since and have never been bored. This is a fascinating industry, changing all of the time. I love it. Uh, and so uh, excited to talk with you today about some of this stuff. Well, I couldn't, uh, I couldn't agree more. It's a great industry. Uh, I've been in it now uh, approaching 20 years, just, uh, just about 18. And, uh, and it, it's a, uh, it's fascinating. It's complex, but such an integral part of the economy. And so you've been, uh, you know, one of the most prominent voices in our industry, you know, documenting the extent of the driver shortage, the trends of where it's heading and you know, underlying issues of why it exists. Um, and then trying to relate that, you know, to the to the broader public about what it means. You've recently described the driver shortage as the worst you've seen it. And the trend line, you know, isn't good. You've projected a, a driver shortage of about 150,000 drivers by uh, 2028, I believe, if nothing changes. And and to top it all off, you know, we're actually starting to really see some uh, disruptions to consumers' availability to buy and, and receive groceries, get gas, uh, clothes, and, you know, home goods. You know, a lot of this being, you know, attributed to transportation capacity issues, you know, uh, drivers needed, you know, to move freight. So all of that to say, you know, the, the real question is, is, is this a wake-up call finally? I mean, is this something that we're finally recognizing, seeing the, the empty, you know, shelf, you know, reality of what a widening driver shortage uh, will look like if we don't figure out how to solve this issue in our industry? Yeah, you know, I, I think the short answer is yes. Um, you know, those of us that have been in uh, the industry and in the broader supply chain for a while have, has known this issue has been going on. And 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 I talk a lot of, to a lot of shippers and, and so forth, and they're certainly very worried, and they should be. 
Um, you know, it's hard to attribute the current, you know, challenges in the in the supply chain just to one issue. We got a lot of issues going on, right? I mean, it's a pandemic. We're 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 having, you know, it's difficult to manufacture everything we need because we don't have enough labor. Uh, so yes, the driver shortage is a big part of it. So is the availability of new trucks. But I guess if there's a silver lining in all of this, it's that maybe now the, the broader public is starting to learn about some of these issues. I don't think the broader public's ever worried about supply chain. And now you hear it all over the place, right? And, and, and we're certainly one part of that of bigger, you know, bigger picture here. Uh, but but I do think that maybe if there's any good that comes out of this, that maybe uh, people will start to to realize uh, that supply chains are important, and 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 certainly truck drivers are vital. I mean, gosh, you couldn't be more proud of truck drivers when early in the pandemic. Now you know we're listen. There's some scary stuff going on with the pandemic. I'm sure we'll talk about that. Uh, but early on in in you know March and April of 2020. We knew very little about this virus, right? And it was scary. I mean, and, and truck drivers still went and made deliveries and, and 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 they got a lot of recognition and it was very much deserved. I mean, they are really the heroes of the highway. And so, um, you know, it is, you know, but but certainly on the mainstream news and all, you're, you're hearing about supply chains like uh, we've never really heard before. Well, and, and you nailed it as far as uh, heroes, you know, uh, highway heroes and, and what we we can't let that uh, be forgotten. And uh, so that's certainly that's certainly the case. And I really am, am grateful for the um, the appreciation that uh, that that the country has shown. You've also uh, you know, you've been on record talking about the lifestyle and demographic issues as some of the main pillars uh, of the driver shortage, you know, age, and, uh, you know, home time as a concern. You know, I know that drivers are on average, you know, much older than the medium age of workers um, in other industries. Women, you know, obviously only account for a small percentage of the driver force, you know, certainly well below the 47 percent or so of the broader economy. And then being away from weeks on end obviously deters people from being, you know, attracted to our industry. It, it, in your opinion, you know, what are what are the steps that we can take to, to change that, to address that? Yeah, well, I mean, I think it's important to note first that there's no one reason for the driver shortage, which means there's no one solution, right? But I'll tell you this. I don't care what the situation is. When you have when you have an environment where demand surpasses supp supply, what happens to price? It goes up. And it's no different in the driver market. And 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 wages will continue to go up and they should go up. No doubt about it. Um and, and, and so that's important. But if this was only about wages, this would be easy to solve. And, and I think a lot of people are, are saying, listen, this is this is a lifestyle issue. And one of the reasons why I, I think this is true is not only because of the things I hear from my members like, hey, if I pay drivers X percent more, there's a group of my drivers, not all of them, but there's a group of them that will drive, you know, the equal less and make the same amount of money and be home more often. And I can't listen. I I'm starting to travel again. I don't blame drivers. You know, I, it's it's tough being out on the road quite a bit. So, so I think that's you know an important thing to to understand. Uh, but but I, you know I'm not sure how we totally fix the the lifestyle issue. I think there's some things we can look at doing. Um, certainly, I think if we looked at and maybe you want to ask me this later, but younger drivers and maybe they're the ones that you know when 
can uh, maybe a little bit easier to to do that. But but I I do think a lifestyle is a big part. It's not the only part, right? And I think again, there's a lot of reasons for for the shortage, which means you know there's no one solution. But lifestyle's right up there at the top, I believe. Well, and you talked about you know uh, demand being so strong. You know rates are good. You know demand is strong, but but fleets aren't growing. You know, they're really, really challenged with that. You know, um, I know job openings, uh, you know, probably and we can maybe maybe now is a good time to talk about uh, the early September, you know, uh, jobs report. But, you know, at job openings are at the highest level for, you know, a long time, maybe ever. And the participation rate of the labor force, you know, has been lowest since I was a baby. And I don't know what's you know, what what's your reading into uh, the most recent jobs report on that front? Well, you know, it, it's interesting. So we were moving in the right direction. I mean, we were averaging in June and July, we averaged uh, nationwide about a million net jobs added uh, per month. And then we get to August and it's only 235,000. But if you look at that data, it's very clear that the resurgence in the, in the virus is the problem, right? Look where, where, where places that got hit hard restaurants and bars. I mean, they were adding a ton of jobs. And then it fell by like over 40,000. Hospitality in general, hotels, uh, we're starting to travel again. All that was growing. And then it comes to a grinding halt in August. Um, Retail is another one. We stopped going to the stores as much. Um, We have got, I mean, at its core, this whole cycle has been about this pandemic. And I think that was the, the August jobs number was a wake-up call to people that it is still about the pandemic. And, and, and until we get it under control, um, we're going to have uh, continued issues uh, with it. So, yeah, the jobs, I mean, we've got, you know, I do think in general, though, as, as kids go back to school full time and, and, and so forth, we can, get, we can get back to higher um, you know, and we've got the uh, the stimulus money running out, the extended unemployment benefits running out. It's a whole host of things. It was never one of those things, right? I mean, and I think childcare was about as big as any of those factors. Um, but but um, as you know, we should be here in September and October if we're not adding seven hundred fifty thousand jobs to a million per month. I, I'm probably going to reassess my outlook for the economy. That's dire. But important. I mean, your point is this is all about the pandemic. Yeah, I mean, yeah, if we get it under control and people start going back to work, all things are looking good. Um, But, you know, I don't know. We got to get this. this, We got to get the virus under control. And and I mean, look at healthcare jobs actually didn't grow at all. Hospitals are full. Why didn't it? Because people are putting off elective surgeries and so forth. Um, it has a ripple effect through the entire economy. So, uh, you know, switching gears a little bit, it's talking about like since the pandemic began, you know how it's affected you know carriers and the driver market. You know, the convergence of issues that seemingly you know exacerbated the driver shortage facing the long haul uh, segment. This is by, by the way, we talk about driver shortage, nothing new. Since I've been in the industry, that's been a that's been an overarching uh, you know issue, with the exception of maybe two thousand eight and two thousand nine. But otherwise, before that and after that, you know that great recession. This has been something that that's what all I've known in the industry is this talk about a driver shortage. And obviously, as the economy is the stronger the economy is, the the more that you know sort of uh, comes to uh, uh, realization. But 
but there's a huge uptick, right, in, in courier and, and messenger drivers. The, the onset of the drug and alcohol clearinghouse last year in 2020, uh, the surging freight demand, you know, but then a lot of drivers taking the opportunity to retire or at least, you know, take to the sidelines. Um, you mentioned unemployment benefits. I think that, you know, might entice some people to stay off the road and instead, you know, draw unemployment. Uh, do you see those issues as contributing uh, to this driver shortage or if so maybe which which is the greater or uh, and how do you suggest we, we we navigate through that? Yeah, getting back to your earlier question, you know, uh, lifestyle. Uh, here's another reason why uh, I'm, I'm sure it's lifestyle. Do you know that um, and, and I caution people to be careful with some of this data because there's some other there's a lot of stuff going on. But if you look at average annual, or I'm sorry, average earnings of driving. So earnings is different than pay rates, right? Because you get paid more, but it's also then uh, times the amount you work. And so if you get paid more, but work less, your earnings are flat, right? And, 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 and can't be. so be, you got to be careful, but earnings are going up almost four times the historical rate yet long haul truck driver employment is falling. Local truck driver employment is up. And so is, to your point, local like van delivery folks for e-commerce. That is way up. So it's that over-the-road, long-haul, for-hire truckload segment where it is just brutal. And, and that, again, tells me this is a lifestyle issue. This is people want to be home more often, and, and they'll take a local trucking job. They will take that van delivery uh, job. And, of course, you brought up the drug and alcohol clearinghouse. You know, uh, you know that that has also been a big issue. Again, it's not one thing that is causing all this. It's multiple things. But when you have job alternatives out there, you know, even outside of our industry, construction is doing great and construction short people. So they're looking to hire folks. Well, now there's a job. I'm I'm home every night and uh, maybe, you know, and, and so there's a lot of alternatives out there, as you said earlier. Um you know, job openings are at all time highs. And so and then people, you know, I think left the industry during the pandemic. Uh, truck drivers did. Um, I think you've got uh, anyway, it, it's a whole bunch of stuff going on. And, and that's what makes it so complicated. Um, I mean, I think there are some maybe a couple public policy solutions we could look at and so forth. But but yeah, I mean, it's it's a lot of different things. So uh, there is a deeper dive a segment that I want to get to. But even before we do that, you know, as a former you know, owner of a company that all I did every day was recruit, qualify and hire truck drivers, mostly for local work as the owner of a, of a staffing company prior to driver reach. Um, I'm I'm very familiar with the desire to local, you know, uh, and especially maybe things change in a driver's life and maybe they've they've got kids now, they've got grandkids now, or they need to take care of somebody and they can't afford to be gone for weeks on end, like maybe they used to be able to. But this seems a lot different. And, and so I can't help but think that that desire for local work isn't just, just because of a lifestyle change, uh, although it is, that's always, I think, an underlying factor. But I think it's even greater because of COVID, because who the heck wants to be, you know, driving all over the country during the middle of a global pandemic if the alternative is I can work locally and, and be home? So I guess I wonder if, you know, on the other side of this, uh, if, if that sort of settles down and more you kind of get more people willing to, to, to work in that long haul segment. Yeah, you know, I, I guess we'll have to wait and see. But but here's the way I sort of look at it. Right. I, I look at the driver shortage as 
And you said it earlier, and you're absolutely right. I mean, this is something we've been documenting since the early 2000s. And in, and in, in 2005, when ATA first documented it, as well as today, what is true is we have these uh, structural causes of the driver shortage. That would include demographics, high average age. You said it. I mean, a truck driver training school, the average age of a person getting trained is 35 years old. Um, we have a lot of retirements. The average age is pushing 50 in the four higher truckload segment. It's over 50 in LTL and private fleets. And so you get high uh, retirements. In, and so um, it's also demographics in terms of gender. You said it earlier, 7% of all drivers are female, 47% uh, of all workers are female, and, and then lifestyle. Those are all, uh, those are, have all been true for the last two decades. Um, but what is different now is you add in this uh, drug and alcohol clearinghouse, which is what taken out, you know, over 60,000 drivers potentially out of the market. There's a 60,000 drivers we got to backfill on. Then you had the pipeline of new drivers last year, uh, much less because of limitations in, of social distancing. You know, you could train fewer drivers. Um, DMVs were closed or, or had limited hours. And then, as to your point, some drivers probably left the industry uh, because of the pandemic, and you add all this up, and that's why I think this driver shortage is as bad as it has ever been. Well, and that's probably just to put a, a, a pin or a, a button, you know, a, a closure on this a whole topic about COVID and the driver shortage and so on. It uh, takes me to our deeper dive segment where we ask uh, a listener-submitted question. Will drivers come back to the industry after leaving due to COVID, and will that help eliminate the driver shortage? Um, that's a question submitted by one of our listeners. Your thoughts on that? Um, it's a great question. I, I don't know that I have an answer. Um, you know, I suspect that, it. you know, like a lot of this stuff, Jeremy, is the truth is probably somewhere in the middle, right? I bet you, yes, once the, the pandemic is more under control, we'll see some of those folks, and especially with wages going up and pay going up. I suspect some do come back, but I bet you there's a whole bunch that don't. They probably found other jobs locally and, and, and so forth that they're like, you know what? Um, you know, even if I'm not making quite as much, I'm home every night. And, um, and so I'm going to, I'm going to stick with, with this. So I suspect some will come back, but probably not all of them. Let's talk about inflation real quick. Uh, you know, it's, it's something that I think is on most of our minds. And I'm, I'm curious if inflation is something that we should be concerned about and, and how it might, uh, might affect trucking. Yeah. I mean, listen, <laughs> inflation is here and, uh, and we're part of it. Um, no doubt about it. I mean, you've got, as you said earlier, freight rates are going up. Why are they going up? Because we've got limited drivers. We've got limited number of trucks now with some of the supply chain issues in, in the uh, manufacturing process. And, uh, you know, inflation overall is going to hit, you know, 7% year over year. I mean, the Fed's target is 2%. Um, here's the good news, though. The Fed has a dual mandate. It's not only to um, keep, uh, you know, inflation in check, but it's also to maximize employment. And I think after you saw the, the August jobs number that was released last week, um, I think you've got a Federal Reserve that is saying, you know what, we're going to caution here, remain cautious, and we're going to try to maximize employment. So we need I, I, that definitely, I think, uh, beat back some of the hawks over at the Federal Reserves and the doves 
are, are sort of going to be in charge. And so I don't expect any sort of tapering of quantitative easing is what we call it um, with monetary policy until the November meeting because of that jobs report that came out. But I'll tell you this much. You've got, you know, the, 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 the Fed targets about 2% inflation and, uh, and we're well above that. I, I do think, though, that as more people come back into the labor force and you can kind of fix some of these um, supply chain constraints, not all of them, certainly not microchips or anything like that, but some of these, if we just get more production, that will help uh, with that. And, and so I do think some of that inflation is going to come back down and, uh, and, and that will help, but, um, but not to 2% anytime soon, I don't think. We probably end the year between 3 and 4% year-over-year uh, inflation numbers, uh, which is well still well above the Fed's target, and and we're part of it, and and that's why you know the Federal Reserve is taking sort of an interest in our industry and, and seeing what's going on. They know how important it is. I mean, heck, you know, trucks haul more than seventy percent of the freight tonnage in the U.S. So um, we're part of of a bunch of inflationary pressures that are happening. I do think you know I think the most overused word now these days is transitory. Uh, but I do suspect that some of this is transitory, but not all of it. And uh, and we'll have to see where, where we end up. The other thing, Jeremy, I mean, I, I'm, listen, I'm excited about the economy, folks. I mean, I, I, I don't take it, some of this stuff as like, I, you know, I think now is a great time to be in the industry. It's, it's The economy is looking good. If we can get this Delta variant and other variants under control and so forth, um, but, uh, but certainly one of the things that worries me longer term in the future is, you know, uh, trucking, you know, truck drivers deserve more pay and truck and trucking companies are paying them that what happens in the next downturn when shippers start putting, pushing back on, on rates, you know, that could be a tough environment. I don't know how you take pay, uh, pay increases away. So these are, you know, some longer term issues, uh, we'll have to think about on all this too, but for the time being, yes. We're, we are one, a part of a bigger inflationary uh, uh, pressures out there. Well, you had stated, speaking of you know being optimistic, you had stated uh, that you expect trucking and, and freight demand to remain strong for at least the next couple of years. And in fact, I think uh, in your words, the next couple of years is the time to make hay. And that seems to be the case. Now, you did throw a little bit of water on that because of the jobs uh, data. So that being you know something that we have to keep a close eye on, I'm, I'm certainly optimistic, too. I, that does seem... Um, um, to make sense and, and to resonate, but 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 what could derail that? You know, is it inventory? You know, I guess tell us tell us why from inventory depletion, expected economic growth. You know, is it is it because of uh, 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 e-commerce demand? You know, what are the things that are really continuing to to carry that uh, that that economy going forward? And why is that make the next couple of years the time to make hay? I guess. Well, the reason why it's the time to make hay is because this economy in the long term, and in the long term, your, your economic growth numbers are determined by two things, population growth and productivity growth, right? Productivity growth has been, been tough. Um, we've seen some signs that perhaps productivity is going to start to increase. That's good. We're excited about that. Uh, still too early to make that call, but, but certainly that's good. Uh, population, well, we know what's going on with population. I mean, it's it's not growing hardly at all these days. Uh, with that said, in the near term, because of this fiscal stimulus and, 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 and so forth, we're going to see an economy that grows faster than average. 
Um, you know, after growing over 6% in the first and second quarters of this year, while I think it comes down a bit in the third quarter, I think the fourth quarter can remain strong. But here's the deal, Jeremy. I don't have us back to our 2% average, long-term average growth rate uh, on a quarterly basis annualized, okay, in terms of GDP, uh, until 2023 at this point. So that's why I'm saying make hay now because inventories are depleted. Uh, people are spending money. Um, yes, you know, there are these little hiccups here and there that give us a little bit of pause. And, and I'm not saying that the, the August jobs uh, number is the long term. I, again, I think we're going to get back to some really good uh, jobs numbers as long as the, it's all about the virus, you know, as long as that stays there. But, but that's why I say make hey, You've got spending going on. You've got construction activity. We're building more homes. You've got manufacturing growing despite I mean, manufacturing activity is up almost 8% this year, year to date. Yes, it's easy comps from last year. But but we're even with the supply chain problems, we're growing almost 8%. I think it's 7.7 through July compared to the same period last year. Those are your three big buckets of freight, retail, uh, construction activity, and manufacturing, all growing. Um, so that's why I say make hay now because this is an economy that is growing, and the parts of it that are growing are good for trucking. So, um, and, and again, I don't see GDP going back to that long-run growth rate here until 2023. Bob, thank you so much for joining us today. I uh, appreciate everything you do for the industry, the insights you always give us about what's happening in the economy and how it's affecting trucking companies. Uh, look forward to seeing you in Nashville at uh, ATA's MCNE conference. Sounds great. It was my pleasure to be here. Thanks, Jeremy. And thanks for joining me for another episode of Taking the Higher Road and for spreading the word to your industry peers. We really appreciate it. Remember, you can submit any questions or comments, including those which may appear on upcoming Deeper Dive segments at podcast at driverreach.com. And don't forget to rate and review Taking the Higher Road on whatever platform you listen. Until next time, thank you for taking the higher road.